Hello, welcome everyone to Linus Home Loans, Yonel Home Loans as well. <clears throat> um, it is uh, June 29th, it's 8.30. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my previous uh, episodes. Um, this, tonight's episode is going to be dedicated to credit cards. Um, and we're going to talk about the basics of the credit cards, uh, what they are, um, how to get them, uh, the best ways of using them, um, things to look out for, um, some cool ideas, uh, success stories with credit cards, and I'm going to answer a few questions as well that I've had. Uh, some people have been asking me questions about credit cards, and um, even one that's not on credit cards. Um, like I said, whenever anyone has a question, doesn't have to be on the topic. It could be on something that's complete that we've covered in the past, or or maybe it just hasn't been covered at all. You want to just you have a question about it, or you want to comment, go ahead and send me that message on um, on Instagram or Facebook, or reach out to me. Uh, that's where I can answer your question and I can put it live and, um, everyone else can listen to it as well. So, uh, tonight's episode, like I said, it's going to be based on credit cards. Um, if this is your first time listening to me, uh, go ahead and check out my other, my other podcast episodes. Those were on, uh, about myself, about banking, um, auto loans and just the whole general thing on credit. Uh, today's is going to be on, on credit cards and the next week it's going to be on mortgages. So like I said, every week it's going to have a different, a topic and soon I'm going to have guest speakers. Um, and you know, they'll be part of that topic if it's, it's about real estate or it's about accounting or it's life insurance, um, financial advisors, um, other mortgage loan officers, um, anything else. I have different guest speakers come on. And if you, if you're interested in coming on yourself, let me know this way we can schedule something for you. Um, so you can show up on my podcast and you can talk about yourself and about the services that you offer. And any insights or you want to enlighten any kind of people, give some kind of financial literacy. Uh, like I said, just just let me know and we'll arrange something for you. So we'll start to get into it straight up. Um, so tonight's is going to be on credit cards, like I said. And we're going to start, first of all, on what credit cards are. So credit cards are pretty much it's an account. It's a it's an account that you have with a lender um, that can be a bank or a credit union, a, a finance company. Um, uh, a Cadillac, Cadillac company, uh, a store company as well, like a store retail store, like a Target or a Macy's, um, something like that. And, um, and, and these companies sometimes offer through, through, through uh, partnerships with banks or uh, credit cards. So these accounts are revolving lines of credit, which means that they give you a line of credit that you can use to, to buy certain things either with them or, or, or you can buy through a network like Visa or MasterCard or buy other, you know, buy, buy different things from different places. And pretty much what it is, it's a line of credit that um, they give you a specific amount, how much, how much, how much you can borrow, and um, you can. It's revolving because uh, after you you create a balance, you pay it back down. That whole line of credit is available to you again. So let's say you have a line of credit for ten thousand dollars and you spend two thousand dollars. Now you have eight thousand dollars left you can use, but let's say you pay off the whole two grand, well you're back at ten thousand again. So you can use it as many times as you want, and as long as you keep your account in good standings. Good standings means that you're making payments time on time, especially your minimums. You're always paying it off. Um, your income continues to grow, so you get extended lines of credit, and you just have a good history with them altogether for a long time. And um, you know that that'll keep your account open, and you'll get benefits like a like a line of credit increases as well. Um, so that's that's pretty much that's a little bit of what a credit card is. Um, credit cards are based on uh, your credit report, what's on there. Um, like your, you know, what employment you have on there, your name, your social security, um, your address even affects it as well. Um, and, uh, your credit score and, and what you already have on your credit report in terms of other credit cards, um, other accounts on there, like an auto loan, mortgages, other trade lines you have on there. So a, a lot of things go into a credit card application or, or getting approved for a credit card. Um, those are, those are the things you can control. So it's your, your employment. Of how much money you make on the application, what's in your credit report, what your credit score is. But then there are some things that are out of your control. And those things are like the economy. So if the economy is doing well um, and the banks are, 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 are doing well and they're lending out money, then you have a good chance of getting credit cards um, applications approved um, or even for good amounts. And if it's not doing well, sometimes the banks are tightening up. So you might not get a credit card application approved or you might not get as much as you want. Um, that's also takes in consideration when you're asking for credit card limit increases as well. Um, and like I said, I mentioned earlier, it's, it's your credit score, your credit report, how much you make, if you have a mortgage payment, if you pay any rent, all these things factor into a credit card application and getting it approved. Um, and like I said, what's already on your credit report as well. 
um, what other credit cards you have on there. Um, you know, the, the sizes of those credit cards, how long have you had them on there? If you made your payments on time. So there's a lot of factors that go into getting a credit card approved. And uh, different banks or different finance companies, different credit unions, um, they have different criteria so what to get you approved on. And um, and uh, they use different credit bureaus as well. Um, some banks use, uh, you know, Experian, some use TransUnion, some use Equifax, um, some use a collection of those three or two of those three, all of those three, or maybe just one of those three. Um, if they use one of those three, then it's probably because it depends on the location of the bank um, or, you know, if the, the bank is on the West Coast or in the South or the East, they might use a, a different credit bureau, um, depending on where it's at. Um, for example, Wells Fargo uses Experian. Um, I know Citibank uses Experian, even though they're based out of New York. Um, they use Experian most of the time. Um, certain banks use, let's say, like Synchronicity Bank, they use, uh, I believe, TransUnion. Other banks use uh, Equifax, so it depends on the location, um, and uh, so that's how they use it. And uh, they use the FICO scoring model, um, we talked about previously, you know, which is you know consideration of a uh, FICO scoring model is your premature credit score, and it has a lot of things that go into it, like your payment history, how much of balance you have on your credit cards, your account balance, how much you owed altogether, um, you made your payments on time, how much you have available, all these different things. So credit card applications are not as simple as you think. There's a lot of things that go into it. But um, it can become simplified. Um, you know, if you create a strategy like I do myself, I create strategies. I know that by design how to, you know, how to acquire a new credit card. So I have a very specific, easy strategy to help you get what you need. So um, if you want to, you know, get some new credit cards, you want to increase your credit limits, you want to establish credit, uh, reach out to me. I can help you with that. Um, as you know, uh, I am a credit specialist, uh, also a, a mortgage loan originator. So now that we know uh, what credit cards are, um, you know, we can also talk about, uh, you know, where to get them. But before that, um, you know, credit cards are really important. Um, I know to some people, it's just a, it's just a piece of plastic that helps them buy things. But credit cards are the stepping stone in establishing good credit and good habits. Um, if you're able to manage a credit card the correct way, then you'll be able to eventually get a, an auto loan. Uh, get a mortgage. It prepares you for it. It prepares you to let you know that um, you know, each month you're gonna have to make an, a a specific payment, at least a minimum amount. And if you're able to meet those minimum amounts, you're always able to pay it off. Then you'll create good habits and good budgeting so that when you're ready to do a, a, an auto loan payment or a mortgage payment, you're already used to it. So it's a good stepping stone. It gives you the chance to show banks that you're trustworthy, that you're responsible, that you can make your payments on time. So it's a first step in, in setting up your credit journey. Um, not only that, but aside from, you know, helping set up an auto loan or a mortgage, it can also help with establish business credit, you know, business credit cards as well. So we'll talk about business credit in a, in a different episode, but, but, uh, you know, your personal credit and personal credit cards are a stepping stone in, into business credit as well. It's a, it's a, it's like a, a road to it. It's, it's a map to it. It's a journey. So, um, there's a lot of good things about credit cards and a lot of good uses for that, about that. So we'll talk a little more into that, um, into this podcast about that. So now let, let's lead into um, uh, where to get them. So where do you get these credit cards? So you have different options. Um, you can go to a bank, a national bank, like a Citibank, uh, a Chase, a Bank of America, Wells Fargo. Um, you can also go to your local credit union. Um, you know, there's there's different credit unions, you know, uh, around where you live at. If it's uh, a credit unit that's dedicated to a community or to a specific occupation, uh, a city, um, you can go to those credit unions as well. Um, they offer credit cards as well. Um, they're actually pretty lenient too. You don't have to have the best credit with them, but they, they can get you at a lower credit score. Um, but you know, credit unions do have different guidelines. Sometimes they want to see, you know, how much you're making or your pay stubs. So uh, that's one thing to keep in mind, but they're usually not that difficult. Um, so you have credit unions, you have banks, you have department stores like a Target that offers credit cards or like a Macy's offers credit cards. There's also catalogs that offer credit cards. Um, they, they, you know, can get a credit card with them, and sometimes they'll give you a credit card that uh, that has a Visa or Mastercard logo on it, which means you can use it within that network. Which means that you're not just limited to that catalog or that store; you can buy it anywhere Visa or Mastercard is accepted. So um, there's also online credit cards, online banks you can look for, and um, even Credit Karma. So Credit Karma is just a company; it's a third-party company that's owned by Equifax and TransUnion. Once upon a time, was also owned by Experian as well. And pretty much it just gives you, you know, it's a credit report um, a system and you check it every month and it's a free credit report. So you can, you know, look at your credit report, see where it's at. And, and based on 
where your credit report is, is at, your score, it gives you recommendations on what they think you have a chance of being approved for. And you'll see Discover, you'll see different credit cards on there. Now, the reason you see those cards on there is because they're paying for that. They're paying for that service. That's why your credit card account is free because these credit card applications or these credit card companies, these banks are paying for this fee so that they can show their credit cards on there so that Credit Karma recommends them. So um, that's why you see them on there. And that's why they'll look at your credit, they'll look at a snapshot of your credit report and they'll feel like, oh, you know, based on this score, based on what you report, we feel like you have a chance of getting a Discover approved, of getting a Capital One, you know, approved, different credit cards. Um, so that, that's one, that's another way of, of getting a, a, a way of, uh, where you can find credit. So um, uh, now we're going to talk about where, where, where do you start? So now you know where the credit cards are at and what they are. How do you start your credit card journey or your credit um, establishment journey? So for that, you can actually go to um, – you can actually – Start with the secured credit card. So you have different options. So a secured credit card is pretty much a credit card where the credit card limit, the line of credit, um, like if it's a thousand or five hundred or five thousand, um, you know, what which you can borrow up to. It's based on how much money you put down. So these are usually offered by banks, um, maybe in some credit unions as well. And pretty much um, or even, you know, other companies, finance companies as well. You can look online. Um, pretty much whatever you put down. That is what your credit card or your credit limit is going to be. So if you put $500 down, it's, your credit limit is going to be 500 bucks. If you put $1,000 down, then your credit limit is going to be $1,000. Um, it's collateral. So they put it on there. For example, Citibank has one where if you put $1,000 and it gets approved, then your credit limit is $1,000. But that same $1,000 also accrues interest like a savings account. And um, after you, you use that credit card for two years or a year and a half and uh, you make – your payments on time, Citibank will give you the money you put down, your collateral plus interest, and they'll turn that that secure credit card into a real revolving line of credit that's unsecured. So that's a cool thing about about you know, Citibank is that they offer that that um that secure credit card. Um, aside from that, you can also establish credit um, by being added to other people's credit cards. So you'll become an authorized signer. Um, what happens is um. You'll get your credit card as well, you know, uh, sent to you or sent to the account holder. And they will give it to you, and then you're free to use it. Um, you're not responsible for making payments, but but what you will get out of it is you will get that person's credit limit, their account number. Um, it'll be added to your credit report. Um, you'll get their credit history, um, their credit limit, all those different things. So you absorb that information, and now it gets added to your credit report, which since help you, which now it helps you establish credit. So now that you have something to show in your credit report, now when you go try to get credit on your own, uh, uh, banks or, or finance companies will see that you already have established credit, that someone is trust to give you their credit card. So now they'll, they'll, they'll be more willing to, um, to give you a credit card. Now, now you have um, some kind of leverage on there. You have some kind of history, even if it's not yours. But they can see that, it, that you're an authorized user or you're an account holder. But, you know, the adding, adding being added to credit cards – is, a, is something you want to start in the beginning when you want to establish credit. Um, so that's, that's one way, that's one option um, to start establishing credit. Another thing is to, um, is to have uh, someone co-signing. So um, you can be added to someone's credit card um, when you're doing the application. I don't just mean after it's already established. I mean when you're making the application. For example, Citibank has a student credit card where um, – um, you know, they take in consideration you're going to school and the only income you have might be just your tuition, your financial aid or scholarships. So they take that into consideration, but they also use your parents or your guardian's income and credit score and credit report into it. So they'll be an authorized user. They'll scan their credit or run their credit as well. And whatever they make, they'll put into the application. So it gets combined with what you have. So now based on those things, based on your application, your information and theirs, they'll approve you for a credit card. So that that's just you know that's adding a co-signer to it. So that's a, that's another route you can do to establish credit. Um, you can also, like I said, apply at store credit cards, like I said, like a Macy's or a Kohl's. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Macy's, Kohl's, a uh, Target, or like I said, you can go to a catalog like a Finger Hut, um, and uh, you know they they can get credit cards as well there. They won't be as much, maybe two or three hundred dollars, but it's better than nothing. That's where you can that's where you start. That's where people start at as at small credit cards. Um, I just keep in mind that, you know, uh, that with these options, these credit cards, because you're just getting started, 
you're not going to have the best interest rate. Um, you're not going to have the biggest credit limit and you probably have to pay an annual fee, but you're just paying your dues. And that's how everyone has to start. You know, you start, you have to pay your dues to get credit limits started because you have to remember that these banks don't have anything to go off to trust you. They're, they're going, they're taking a risk to go on a limb to put faith in you to see if you're going to pay it back or not. So because you're just establishing credit, they want to take it easy and they want to make it kind of slow and they want to make sure you earn your way up. So those are the the few options you can have. Like I said, secure credit cards being added to an existing credit card, store credit cards, catalogs, uh, student credit cards. Um, uh, you know, those those are the options you have to, to establish your credit. Um, and like I said, I work on credit, so I know exactly which ones to apply for, what the best route is, the fastest way to get approved. These are things that I do when I create a strategy for my clients. So are you interested in establishing credit? Um or let's say you had credit and you have bad credit, you get it cleaned up and you want to redo it again, then I can help you with that as well. So um, now that we know, uh, you know, where to get these credit cards at, um, uh, you know, what, what goes into in, into into the credit card? Um, well, in the application, there's several things like I mentioned earlier. It's um, you put in your, your occupation. Um how much you make yearly, you're, you're saying your, your annual salary, or you're, you're combining your yearly annual income. Um, if you pay any mortgage or rent, what goes into that? What's already in your credit report? Like I said, if you already have any uh, other credit cards on there, if you're added to someone's credit cards, like I mentioned earlier, um, if you're co-signing with someone else, and not also that, but also your location. Um, yes, your your zip code, your where you live at. Um you know, certain credit card companies, certain banks target specific clients who live in certain areas. And when you're making an application, the bank, things have to add up. It has to make sense for them to give you a credit card and give you a specific amount. So if you say you're a doctor and you're making six figures a year, um, you know, with that kind of income and that kind of occupation, you probably expect you to have a very specific zip code. So if you put that, but you so you live in a low income zip code, Something won't look right there. Now, let's say you, you say you live in a, in a in a in a zip code where there's a lot of wealth, there's a lot of high income, then that'll make more sense for them. But that's mostly for like upper two credit cards. Um, so there's a lot of things that go into it. Now, aside from that, that's what you can control, right? Where you live at, what your income is, what's already on there. What you can't control that goes into an application. Another factor is um, the economy. So if the economy is doing well and banks are lending money. That goes into you getting your credit card approved or also depends how much cover limit you're going to get. But the economy is not doing so well. The bank itself is not doing so well. You're tightening up. Then there's a chance that regardless of how much you make or, or what you have on there or what your score is, you might not get approved or you might not get the limit you want because of the economy because where things are going. So, you know, when banks are, you know, when things are looking bad, they kind of tighten up. So that's another thing that you, you can't control. But that's something to keep in mind when you are applying for credit cards. Um, now, um, there are, um, uh, the, you know, now that you know what goes into a credit card, we'll talk about, um, what, um, what a, what a pre-qualification is and, uh, what a pre-approval is. Um, so pre-qualification versus pre-approval. So a, pre- a pre-qualification, I'm sure you've gotten these, these are letters in the mail or, or emails that you've, that you've been sent to you saying that you're pre-qualified from this bank or this lender for up to a specific amount. Um, and it comes with some kind of promotional interest rate of 0% for so many months. And uh, you get points and cash back and all these things. Now, you're probably wondering, how did I get pre-qualified? Well, you got pre-qualified because the bank, what they did is they bought information from a third party, uh, from a credit bureau. And what they bought, they bought a list um, of a specific type of person that they want to target. And you might fall into this because you might meet some of those criteria and that criteria could be your demographics it could be um how much you're making annually um if you're a homeowner and you have auto loan on there um the type of accounts you have a person they're looking for someone who has an amex account amex is american express they have a city bank they have this they have that they have a, an establishing credit card they're looking for new users um so they'll buy these these lists with these people who meet these criteria and um they'll pretty much target you so they'll send you a pre-qualification, um, and that's how that's what a pre-qualification is. You'll fall into that. So they'll send you a letter saying that you you're pre-approved for a, I'm sorry, you're pre-qualified for a credit card. 
And there's another thing called pre-approval. So pre-approval is a little bit different. Um, they're, they're, it's, it's often mistaken with the pre-qualification, but it's not the same thing. The only way you can get pre-approved or approved for a credit card is if a bank accesses your, your credit report. And since they haven't accessed it, when you see that in the mail or in, a, in an email that you're pre-approved, well, it's not really true because they haven't accessed your credit. So how are they going to pre-approve you for something when they haven't seen it to begin with? So a, a way that this happens or the, why they use this specific wording is because sometimes a bank A, if I'm give you an example, let's say bank A buys bank B. Um, well, now that they bought that bank B, now they have access to all those accounts and all those account holders. So they'll look at what those account holders have, their, their credit limits, their history and whatnot. So now they feel that you're, that you, because you fit in that criteria, because you're, you're doing so well with that, with that bank or with that account, that now they want to offer you their other, their own credit products. So, you know, bank A buys bank B and they notice bank B has all these accounts and, and within these accounts, they see, you know, which person has this credit card, the highest limit, the lowest limit, the most payments. And then they'll say, okay, well, you did well with that credit card. Now we're going to offer you one of our new credit cards. So that, that's one way that they, um, that they, that they, that they, they, they you become pre-approved for, um, uh, one of those credit cards. So they'll, they'll have access to that. Um, uh, so that, 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 that's what a pre-approval is, is when a bank accesses your, your, your information. Um, you know, they'll get a snapshot of what your credit report is. Or, or let's say, uh, for example, let's say you go to a credit union or a bank and you get an auto loan. Well, when you got that auto loan, they access your credit report. So three weeks later, you might get a letter in the mail saying that, hey, you're pre-approved for a credit card and it's from the same bank that just give you the auto loans because they already accessed your credit report. So now they feel like, well, since you already have the auto loan, you might as well get a credit card. So that's another way that you'll get a pre-approval letter. So, but like I said, um, uh, sometimes, you know, these pre-approval letters, they, you might think that you'll get, you'll get approved already and then you submit the application and you don't get approved. And that goes for both pre-qualifications or pre-approval. So don't think just because you got that, it's going to get approved. Um, that's just, you know, that's, they're, they're just finding ways to create leads and to create accounts. Um, so now the next topic is levels of credit cards. So there's different forms of credit cards. There's establishing credit cards, which I mentioned earlier, you know, student cards, secured credit cards, catalog credit cards, um, started credit cards. Those are the first tier of credit cards. And those come often with high interest rates, annual fees, and low credit limits. After you, after you've had those accounts, if you season them well, you know, which means you've had them, let them age and you've got uh, credit limit increases with them, after having a good relationship with them after maybe six months or three months or a year, um, you'll be able to, and, and you start developing a higher credit score and you're beefing up your credit report by having numerous accounts on their numerous credit cards, you'll start to move into the next tier, which is mid-tier. And th those credit cards have better, higher credit limits with lower interest rates and um, more benefits like more cash back or points or different things. And um, those those are uh, the mid tiers are often often offered by banks, big banks and credit unions like a Citibank. Uh, uh, what else? Bank, Bank Wells Fargo um, or Discover, I mean, American Express. Those are the mid tier credit cards. Um, and then once you've established those accounts on there, um, you move up to the next level. And the next level is top tier credit cards. Um, those credit cards take a while to get there. You have to already have, have those mid tier credit cards for some time now. Some good limits on there, good has good history, a good credit score. And like I mentioned earlier, be in the zip code as well. Those top tier credit cards are banks like a Chase Bank, um, a Bank of America, um, and um, even Barclays. Um, Bank of America is kind of mid level to upper level. They're just, uh, the, they're, they, they're not considered low because you have meet very specific guidelines because Bank of America is very conservative. But, um, you know, so it's a little bit harder to qualify for them. And so was Chase. Chase, you know, you have to have a, a credit score up in the 700s to get approved for them. But there's more things that go into it. Um, so they, those, those top tier credit cards will come with a bigger credit limit. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the rates are not, 
they're not super low. Um, they're not high either, but, um, but, you know, they give you good credit limits and they often come with, um, with points, cash back, but most importantly, they come with miles. So you pretty sure you've seen those credit cards that offer mileage when you're, when you're flying. Um, and, and, um, the, those credit cards are aimed for someone who has a very specific, um, application and they meet certain criteria like they're making over six figures. Um, they have a very specific occupation. They live in a very specific zip code. They have a high score, high credit score and, and, and they have a credit report that has a, a good amount of accounts established on there. And uh, those, those high tier credit cards, like I said, they offer like mileage. Um, they offer mileage to that person because they know that that specific person uses their credit card for everything and they pay off at the end of the month. And when I say everything, I mean everything like four or five, three thousand dollars a month, ten thousand dollars a month, and they pay off the full balance at the end of the month. So they don't occur any interest. So, so those credit cards, um, they're not cheap. They're not cheap at all. And when I, when I say they're not cheap, what I mean is that they have annual fees, just kind of like the lower credit cards, um, the lower tier credit cards, um, because those have annual fees as well. But so will these upper tier credit cards, because these credit cards are made for someone, like I said, who makes six, seven figures. And they'll pay a hundred, six hundred dollars a year for that credit card, but for them it's useful because they travel so much for for you know for for business that once they they accrue so many mileages, they get a free f- ticket, they get cash back, all these different things. So it makes sense for them. It actually, kind of in a way, I guess you could say, makes money for them in a way or saves them money. Um, but like I said, those top tier credit cards have very specific qualifications. They come with the cost. And, but it, it, you have to be in a certain bracket and a certain time of your credit report, or you have to be in a specific financial health to qualify for those credit cards. Okay, so the, um, the next topic now is um, what are the uses of credit cards? Well, obviously, you use it for something you want to buy, right? But um, I recommend, uh, you know, if you're going to use a credit card, use it only for three different reasons um, expenses that you already know you're going to pay for, like the, your monthly expenses. Or something you know you were gonna have to buy, like um, pay a medical expense, um, pay a, a a car expense, um, pay 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 different things, um, uh, you know, like uh, utilities, your subscription, your streaming services, um, things you know you were gonna pay monthly. So you might as well just put on your credit card so you can get some kind of credit for it, some kind of points out of it, um, you know. Because you're using so much, the bank will give you points or they'll give you miles, like I said earlier, or they'll give you cash back. Um, so um, that that's what you, you can use it on that. And you can also use, you'll use it only for emergencies. So an emergency would be like, like I said, you need to fix the car, you need to pay a medical bill. Um, something that requires for you to do something right at that moment that you need to you need access to that money. So that's another reason. Don't use it just to use it just to buy things, things you can't afford. Use it for something you're really going to buy, an emergency, or last but not least, an investment. Investment in yourself, um, like an investment in buying yourself some licensing to get to get a better job, um, an investment like in the stock market. Um, it could be, you know, uh, an investment like in the stock market, a crypto. Um, if you have a feeling that, you know, certain crypto is going to go up or you're going to buy something, make sure you get some kind of, you know, return on investment, then use it for that. You know, so you stick to, if you, if you know it's going to make you some kind of money, you're going to buy something, you're going to flip it, use it for that. Use it if it's going to be for, like I said, if you're going to spend something you knew you were going to already spend, like your gas, your utilities, your food, your streaming, your subscriptions, or like I said, an emergency purpose. Try to stick to those three and you'll be fine. You won't find yourself, um, Maxing out your credit cards or being in situations that, you know, you're not going to want to be in. Um, so try to stick to those specific uses. Um, and you'll be, in, you'll, you'll be, you'll, you'll be fine. So, um, and I'm going to give you a few success stories, um, where, you know, um, people have utilized credit cards, myself as well. And they've actually, you know, it was successful. It was, it was a good thing for them. So one of the first ones I'll talk about myself is I bought a house years ago. I bought a house in the Midwest and this is like maybe over a decade ago where um you can buy a house for like five to fifteen thousand dollars. Um in the Midwest, I mean like Missouri's, you know, Illinois, any of those places, and um you buy a house for 
five, six thousand dollars. You put two or three thousand dollars work into it to fix it up. Um, and you sell it, you sell like 30 days, 60 days later. So, and then, you know, let's say you had a credit card for 30 grand. So you pulled out five grand to buy the house, two grand to put into it. You sold it two weeks later. Um, you know, so, and, and whatever profit you made, you know, you keep that and then whatever. So let's say, you know, you bought it for five, put seven, put two into it, 7,000 and you sold it for, I don't know, 12 grand. Well, then once you get that 12 grand, you give that seven back to the bank, you keep the 5,000 for yourself. And I actually did that. And that actually worked really well for me. So, I mean, that was back then, but that's just a successful story of how I use credit cards for house flipping. You know, most people think the house flipping is getting a mortgage and fixing the house and, you know, selling it 30, 60 days later or a year later, six months later. But you could even do with credit cards, obviously, depending, you know, where you buy the house and how much work you're going to put into it and if it makes sense. So that's one success story for myself. Um, there's another success story. I had a client of mine who um, started a business and uh, they used um, their business to start their, um, their it was a beef jerky business. So they used the capital that I was able to get for them through uh, through someone else. Um, they help them start their business. And um, today they're still running their business today. They help them start their business, start their business entity, buy the equipment that they needed, start their DBA, um, all these different things. It was just a startup cost, but that helped them establish their business. Um, and uh, one thing to keep in mind is that when, when, uh, when we got this person this this amount of financing, that financing, let's just say it was five thousand dollars that that they used from those credit cards. Well, that five thousand dollars was only a small percentage of how much we actually got them in total. So when we got them thirty, forty thousand in new credit, they only used you know five to ten, and we do that specifically because we don't want you to max out the whole thing because once you get those credit cards, you max them out right away. Um, your score goes down. And banks don't like that, that you're using the whole credit limit as soon as you got it. So keep in mind that, you know, if, if you're going to use it to start a business, only use a certain percentage of it. Try to stick between, between under 30 or 25 percent of that credit limit um, or your total credit limits so that you don't have any issues with the bank. Um, and your score doesn't go down. It's going to go down somewhat because you have a balance on there, but sometimes not as much. So only use a small percentage of what you actually acquired to start your business. So that's what that person did. Uh, another client of mine, they also started the business. Um, I got them about 40,000 in new credit and they use that to start their, their CBD business. Um, uh, CBD skincare. Um, and it helped them help them establish their business, uh, start their entity, you know, get, uh, get, get, get inventory and they're still, still up and running today. And that was about four years ago. So um, there's different things you can do with credit cards. You can you can buy a house. You can start your business. Um, you can even acquire licensing, like like I mentioned earlier, an investment in yourself. I I got my mortgage license and my real estate license and paid the the, the dues for those for the for the tests and for the applications with my credit card. And you know once I I got a few mortgages, I paid that that balance right off. So it helped me establish a new source of income. You know and 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 you know once I got that money, I just paid them back. So there's different things you can do with credit cards. Uh, remember, credit cards is just a financial tool, just the same way a bank is. You use all – just think of yourself as you're, you're creating a house and you're creating a foundation. And, and to create this foundation, you need to have financial tools, and that's in the form of credit cards. That's in the form of a bank account, uh, having good habits, of uh, budgeting. And you, you're creating the foundation with your different financial tools so that – once you get the foundation done, you can start building up and you build up with having an auto loan, with having a mortgage, getting a second mortgage, an investment property, uh, a, uh, your, your vacation home, starting a business that all starts at the beginning. So, you know, think of your credit card as just it's a tool. It's just like a hammer or a screwdriver. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a tool. Credit cards are neither good or bad. It's just a financial tool. What, what makes it good or bad is how you use it. It's how you know how to manage it. You know how to use it. You know how it works. You know how the rates work, how, how different things work. Um, that's something we're going to talk about as well right now, um, the rates of credit cards. So, um, like I mentioned earlier, there's different things you can use a credit card for, um, and there's different features on a credit card that you can use. Um, there's three different features. Um, those past clients, they used a balance transfer feature. So a balance transfer feature means that, let's say um, – uh, you know, you have a credit card for 10 grand or 20 grand. Um, the bank will give you a balance transfer feature, which means that they'll give you access money to either pay off an existing credit card or they will 
or, or you can use that money to buy something else, start your business to, to, to pay off some debt, to consolidate a bunch of different credit cards. And with a balance transfer, um, there comes fees. So even if there's a, if there's a promotion for 0%, um, it, it, there is there is a balance transfer fee, and that's either a small percentage of the total amount that you borrowed. So I think three to five percent, or ten dollars, which is whenever whichever one is greater. So every time you do a balance transfer, you're gonna have to pay that fee. So make sure that you know you get everything all together. You make sure you know exactly how much you're gonna need, and try to use that. On um, that balance transfer, um, it's only those promotions. If it's a zero percent, it's only good for a certain amount of time. Now you can still get a balance transfer even if it's not zero percent, but you'll have a higher interest rate. Um, and um, and when you when you get a balance transfer, you have to request one. Um, when you request, you can request it online. You can request it calling the customer service number, or they might send you some blank checks. Um, that's how you access it. When you request it, um, you request of how much you want to use. So, with credit cards, for example, that balance transfer, you can you can only use some of that credit card limit for balance transfer. So you might only be able to access five or ten or you know fifty or sixty percent of your credit limit for that. So if it's twenty grand, you can only use ten grand to use the balance transfer. You can't use all twenty grand. And like I said, they'll come they'll come free with it. And then you have to give the lender a reason what you're using it for. Sometimes they'll ask, sometimes they won't. Um, you know, and then and then based on what you what the information you give them, then they'll either approve or dis or disapprove your, your balance transfer request and option. Um, another thing you can use your credit card for is uh, or the different use is a cash advance. So cash advance is when you literally take out money from your credit card. You go to an ATM or you go to a bank and you ask for a cash advance and they'll give you a specific dollar amount you can take out. It's usually really low compared to what your credit limit is. Like maybe like let's say your credit card's about 10 grand. They might only give you access to like 500 bucks or a thousand dollars. But, um, you, you, you get that cash to access it and you spend what you need to spend it on. Now I recommend only using that feature if it's something that you really really need it's an emergency um because those that that rate is pretty high it's really really high like in the 20s um because like it's only worth it for example let's say you you get paid every friday or every two weeks and let's say it's a few days before you get paid but you need to pay a bill then i would say go ahead and use that that cash advance and and then as soon as you get paid pay right off right away a few days later because you do not want to pay the high interest rate um high interest on that balance you occurred for that specific transaction and the last feature, but not least, is the most popular. It's just purchases. Wherever you use your credit card at, whether it's a store or a restaurant, online, buying something, um, it's whatever you purchase. That that you can use the full amount or whatever is available for you to use after you've already put a balance on there. Um, and that has a very specific rate. So all these different transactions have different rates. Um, you have different limits. Some you have to you have to like I said apply for or request like a balance transfer, and like the cash advance, it's only a very small amount. So these are different features you can use with your credit card. Um, so uh, now that we know what the features are, we know how to use them, some success stories, I'm going to answer a few questions. So how about if I've asked a few questions and I'm going to answer some of them and some of them actually have already answered previously, but I'll, I'll go back to it again. So one of the first questions was uh, a balance transfer. Um, can you pay one credit card off to another? Can you be used to pay one credit card to another? The answer is yes. Um, you can. So let's say you owe a balance on Bank of America and you have a balance transfer that you want to use with Chase. Absolutely. You, what you do is um, you call them up or they'll send you a check or you go online and you request that you want to pay off the other creditor. And what they'll ask for you and from you is the name of the bank or the creditor, uh, the account number uh, and the amount that you want to that you want to that you want to um, that you want to access. Sometimes just by giving them the account number, they'll be able to find which bank, you know, has that, that, uh, which, 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 uh, which account that belongs to which bank. Um, depends on which, you know, which, which bank you go through with. Um, so though, if, if they, if like say you owe, you have a credit card that's three grand, um, and, uh, you owe, I don't know, maybe like two grand or 2,500, you're almost maxed up, but you have another credit card that has a higher limit and has a 0% balance transfer. Um, it's like 10 grand. Yeah, go ahead and, and transfer the balance from one credit card to the other because the next credit card, you won't be paying any interest on it. Um, but then, like I said, they're going to ask for specific information, you know, how much to who and what it's for, um, you know, and uh, and that, that's what you can do it. So that's one route. Another route is you ask for the balance transfer. You ask them to put it into your checking account. 
So you, you put that amount, you put it into your checking account and then you pay off the other credit card. Um, the only time you would do that would be if, let's say you have a debt on one credit card and you have two credit cards, but they're with the same bank. So let's say, um, credit card A with bank XYZ has a high limit or no, it has a high interest you're paying on it, but let's say you have a second credit card with the same bank and they're offering a balance transfer. Uh, they give you promotion on that on the second credit card. Well, banks don't allow you to pay one credit card with another if it's the same bank, same account, same bank, different account, but same bank. So what you have to do is you have to create a middleman. So that middleman is your checking account or a checking account. So what you do is you ask for a balance transfer. You have them put it into your checking account from the new credit card, uh, the second credit card. They'll put or this new or second doesn't matter, just the, the, the other account. You'll you'll say you'll you'll get the, whatever you need. You put that into your checking account. And I said they approve it. First of all, the approval what it's for. You tell them it's for whatever. I, I wouldn't say it's the same account or for the same bank. I would say it's for fixing your house or fixing your car or, or something important. Um, you put that into your account, and then uh, once you have them on the account, you pay off the second credit card. So now you transfer from one account to another. Uh, just be careful. Uh, you know, sometimes banks do see you know that one month you had a credit card which was the same exact amount. Uh, with, you know, with one bank, with one of their, one of their accounts, it looks like it's been transferred to the other one for the same amount. You know, who knows what could happen, but, um, that is one way of going about it. But like I said, uh, you can pay off one credit card with another. Yes, you can actually do that. Um, another question was about a 15, uh, three day rule. So this was asked by another, um, uh, another follower. Pretty much what they asked was if, um, there's this, this rumor going online or, this article go online about how if um, you make two payments on a credit card, let's say you make a payment 15 days before it's due, and then you make another additional payment five days before it's due or three days before it's due, um, you know that it'll help your credit score. That it'll, it'll improve your credit score by so many points. They'll do this, I'll do that. Um, does it help? Yes and no. It doesn't improve your credit score. Um, you're not going to get a lot of points because you made two two, two credit card payments. Um, what it'll, it'll do, what it is, is that the way that it works is that every time you make a payment to a credit card, that credit card company or that bank, that institution, it reports monthly to the credit bureaus once a month, though, for the total amount. So they don't they don't report how many payments you made. They report the full payment you made to, to them all as a total as a total balance, a total payment to them, the total payment you made to them, not how many you made. So if if you were to. um. Let's say, uh, let's say your minimum is $25. You pay 20 bucks 15 days before and then five bucks five days before or, or next to 10 bucks next before a little bit extra. It, you're not going to get extra points for that. What you're going to get, what you're, what's going to say in your credit report is you made a payment that time. You were on time, whether it's more or little, and that's it. What will make a difference will be like, let's say you made a substantial payment. Let's say you owe $5,000 and let's say on a $10,000 credit or $7,000 credit. You paid, you know, three or four grand two weeks before, and then you pay the actual thousand dollars. So when it gets reported, it's going to show that you paid off a full four or five thousand dollars on it. So yeah, your score is going to go up, shoot up because you made such a big payment. But it won't be because of the amount of number of payments you made. It'll be because the full payment that you made altogether. So that's how that would work. So maybe some somebody thought that because they made multiple payments, your score was shot up high. That they thought it was that, but it, no, it's, it's really just because the full amount that you made. So that's that's for that that um that question. Uh, thank you for asking though. Um, another question was actually not related to um to, to to tonight's episode, but like I said, I'm always welcome to answer questions that are not related to credit cards or where the topic is that night. It's about used cars versus new cars. Now we talked about auto loans last week. Now is it right now today? Is it a good idea to buy a used car or a new car? Well, honestly, it all depends on how much what you can afford. That's what it really comes out to. What you can afford, where the APR is going to be, what you can afford, um, and, and, and you know, and if it's worth it buying that car, will it make a big difference in your life or not? Um, so, you know, it it that's that, that's the first thing. Can you afford the payment or not? Now, the difference between the used car and the new car is that today, used cars are overvalued because there's a shortage of how many cars are being produced uh, because of the you know the supply chain, the computer chips and things like that. It's slowing up the supply chain. Used cars are are a little more expensive than they really should be. Um, and new cars, you know, they have a markup on them as well. Um, but you know, 
if, if you were going to go with, you know, today's NH, what I would do, I would probably buy the new car versus the used car. Um, and I would say that because we're in June. The reason I'm saying that is because at the end of the year, starting September, well, starting September and October towards the end of the year, December, about car manufacturers, dealerships, they start offering cars. They start, um, getting new cars for the, for the next year. So for example, right now, the cars that you see on the lot are probably 2021s and 2022s and maybe some 2020s. But really those just two, 2021 and 2022. Starting September, you're going to start seeing 2023 cars, those models. So in order to make room for those 23, 23, three models, um, the dealership is going to start discounting the 2022 models. So what they're going to do is they're going to give you discounts. They're going to give you 0% APR if you have good interest, you know, uh, uh, a good interest rate, 0% financing for the whole five or six years, whatever you're going to pay, three to four, five, six, seven, um, a range between that three to seven years. Um, so if, if, we, if, I, if I were that, if I were going to buy a car, I would wait till the end of the year because that, that same year car, it's going to, it's going to be cheaper and it's going to have its full warranty. So the other car, the used car, it's already used up some of its warranty in, 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 in how, in, and the mods that it has on there are how long it's or or the or how old the car is. So some so warranties go by the mileage and how many years you've had that car. So, you know, if you bought a car that's that's two years old, well, let's say you had a five year warranty. Well, two years already knocked off, so you you only have three years. So now you might be forced to buy an extended warranty. Uh whereas if you buy a new car, the warranty hasn't been used at all. It's still a full five, six years. So when you buy the new car, you're gonna get the full five year warranty. Um, hasn't been used and it'll come with a discount. Um, it'll be the newest model too. You know, it won't have any history or, or, or it haven't been any accidents or anything like that or have any issues or things you have to fix because everything's still pretty much new and hasn't been used. So to answer that question, uh, if we're talking about right now today, I would buy a new car and I would wait till the end of the year, starting September to find a, a new car to, to get to get the car. Um, so another thing too we want to talk about is, um, uh, paydays. Paydays versus cash advance. So, so payday, uh, there's, there's payday uh, companies that they uh, cash your check and they'll give you an advance on your check. Um, but they'll, what they'll do is they'll give you what you need, but they charge you a lot of interest, like a hundred, two hundred percent. Yeah, that much. So let's say your check is 500 bucks. They'll, they'll give you the 500, but they're going to charge you 200 percent of that. Yeah. So you probably end up paying a thousand or, or 1500. On something you on on something you which you only borrow five hundred bucks, so don't try to stay away from payday loans. Um, and it, between payday loans and cash advances, I would rather have you use a cash advance um, or use the balance transfer um, because those obviously balance transfer. There's good there's promotions you pay no interest, and you know even a cash advance is better because even though there is an interest on it and you won't get as much, I would rather have you use that than use the the payday because um the interest is a lot smaller you know 23 versus 100 percent there's a big difference so like i said if you if you need that cash advance because you need to pay your bills and emergency came up use the cash advance because you won't get that much because the small amount you can only use out of the full credit card but use that as soon as you get your paycheck paid off and that's the end of that so uh, yeah cash advance over a payday or a balance transfer over payday but stay away from payday loans um another thing uh, rate reductions. So this is another question. So uh, is it possible to, to, to get uh, your rate on your credit card, your APR, is it possible to get it reduced? Yes, it is. After you've had an established history with that with that creditor, that bank, the credit and the finance company for some time, um, you know, you made your payments on time, you have a good credit limit, you've been always on time with them, um, maybe on your credit report, um, they'll take those things into consideration. So um, they will reduce your interest rate. They will reduce, but you have to, you have to request it and you have to be in good standing. You have to have good leverage. Your leverage is your history with them. You know, that you always paid on time. You always pay the full amounts and you want to be rewarded for it. And they will do it for you. Um, the thing is, um, they usually only do it if you threaten to close your account. So let's say you've had an account with them for a while. You, you say you call them up. It's a retention department that will do this for you. This is away from them, you know, from, they're avoiding lending accounts, you know, uh, you know, avoiding people closing accounts with them. So let's say you call XYZ Bank and you say, hey, you know, I have my credit with you guys. 
I've been doing always well, but I don't like the rate you guys have on me. Um, I like to close my account. What they would do is they will bargain with you and they say, well, how about this? How about we slash your interest rate by this, this much just to keep you with them? And they'll do it. They'll do it to keep the account with you. So they will. But that usually works. Like I said, if you threaten to close your account, um, they'll, they'll, they'll slash the rate just to, just to keep you with them. So if you really want to slash your interest rate, that's one method of going about it. Um, but like I said, there's different things that go in, into that. Um, it's your credit report, your score, what you have. Well, mostly it's what you have, what you've done with them as a, as a, as a, as a client. But also, like I said, I mentioned earlier with the credit card applications, also the economy, you know, how well the economy is doing, um, how well they're doing as a, as a, as a business. Um, and they see value in your account. So there's a lot, some things you can control, some things out of your control, but you can always give it a shot. But if you're going to give it a shot, you know, that's one way of going about it. So you're going to close your account, but it is possible at the end of the day, uh, to, to get that, to get that done. So um, those are the questions that I had that I saved towards the end. Um, you know, uh, different people had different questions and, uh, you know, how to, uh, you know, and, and there they go. So um, so uh, now that we're going to finish this this episode, um, I do want to say that I had a, the next episode will be on mortgages. And um, this one, uh, what's gonna, we're going to talk about the different mortgage programs, the qualifications, the guidelines. Um uh, you know, the rates, um, different programs offered by different, by different lenders, banks, finance companies. What's the best way to go in about it? Um, how do you get approved? What are things going to an application? When's the best time? All those different things. We're going to cover that next, next week. Um, so tune in for that episode. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for following my other, uh, uh downloading, uh, following my account, following my Instagram. Thank you for, um, for downloading those episodes and for the questions. Um, keep them coming. I'll keep answering the questions. Like I said, if it's for that specific topic, even if it's not for something else, I'll answer it as well. Um, I'll make sure to address it so everyone knows about it and we can learn about it as well. Um, if you have any questions or any comments, something you want me to just talk about, even if it's not a question, you just want me to just to put it out there, I'll, I, I will, I'll do it. Um, so that, that concludes this episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to today's episode. And I hope to hear from you again. And I hope